Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, it's Caroline from G Thanks Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G Thanks, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Key Things Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and I am joined by my guest co-host, Sally Tamarkin. You did it, Sally. I did it. I nailed it. Um, hello, good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. It's a thousand degrees in, in Philly. How is it in LA? Currently not a thousand degrees, but it is only six thirty in the morning. Oh, right that's now, right. So that's right. Yeah, it will be a thousand degrees in a few hours. It's rough out here, man. Climate change is real. It's so real. That's the that's the only thing I have to say about it is that it's very very real. Yeah, I mean, woo, especially in a, how. What's the air conditioning situation like in? Y'all's house. So we have central air. We are blessed to have central air. Um, so lucky. When we bought our house, we didn't really understand a lot of things about how houses worked. So one thing sure. we didn't check on is, I, is there, there's a thing you can have. Uh, G thanks heads might already know about this, but like your home AC can be zoned so that, for example, right now in our home, it has to be like a very chilly, like snow producing temperature in order for the upstairs to be like just barely mm. habitable. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like freezing, hot, too hot. That's like going from the first floor to the third floor. So, you know, it's, I mean, we're, we're very privileged to have AC and, and even being able to get our bedroom down to like a smooth 90 is really nice. Um, wow. But you know, it's wild out here because like the real feel, um, I love to talk about a real feel, Caroline. Lo and the love a real feel. Love a real feel. Love a real feel. <laughs> I was looking today and it's going to be like, the real feel is going to be like 107 around <gasps> like midday. So, oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, it's like when it's, it's hard to, it's just hard to cool buildings off. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's Ooh. rough out there. Re a real feel of 107 is no joke. That's scary hot. It's scary hot. And it's like people are like, I, as you know, I went to the beach this morning, did a quick beach run. And yeah, uh, not, not the beach, you guys. The beach. Not the beach. BJs. BJs the beach. Yeah. And, um, you know, people like are, people are going about their lives, waiting for the trolley, waiting for the bus. Like there's construction right around the corner. Like people are working outside. It, mm -hmm. it is. It feels 
dangerous. I relate to that feeling well because the first week of work, my first job ever out of college, it all hit me at once, which was like, even if it's really hot out, even if it's raining, even if I don't feel <laughs> 100, I still have to go. It's to such this a buzzkill. Yeah. You know, college doesn't prepare you for that because you're like, oh, there's a breeze in the air. I couldn't possibly go. Like, to yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Class. There's it might drizzle later. I cannot <laughs> right. learn in this I can't learn in these conditions. Yeah, so exactly. It really is upsetting that we don't have like, well, a well, we don't have a lot of things in this country, but that we do not have some sort of countrywide policy that lets us all off the hook for any and all responsibilities after we hit a certain temperature. That is actually like an amazing idea. And I feel like if you ran on that platform, if you're, yeah. if you were like, I'm a single issue candidate, my single issue is that <laughs> once it gets, once the real feel exceeds 90, everyone like just you, gets a stipend to, yeah. to not do anything. I think you'd win. I think I would win too. I think <laughs> I think that's something to think about. And this is the year I turned 35. So it is potentially the year I also run for president. You're um, eligible. I am but finally would, eligible. Do you think that would be a good – do you know how there's all these like YA novels where like it's like Hunger Games or like other ones too where when you reach a certain age, some – the state makes you do some dystopian thing? And I'm thinking mm-hmm. – it might be a cool addition to that genre of like, once you turn 35, you have to run for president. Like, so it's like, is <laughs> there, actually is a there, really, it's a really good idea. Is there, a, is there a mid adult genre or I guess it's just called being an adult. So like, yeah, instead of YA fiction, it's just like a fiction. Um, a and the fiction. first entry into it is that everyone has to run for president. Nobody take that. TM, TM, TM. Nobody take that because I'm going to pitch that. Don't steal that idea. We are litigious and we will sue. Um, (laughs) I love that idea so much, especially because uh, I'm going to run on the platform of opting out, but this is a mandatory opt in. And I just love that juxtaposition. And we can really explore that in literature. You get it. That's exactly what it. it's all about. It's yeah, all about I, exploring things in literature. <laughs> it's. I always say that. I, I really do. I, I actually really like that idea. Again, no one take that. No one take That's that. That's our idea. That's um, our idea. It's going to be the it's the G Thanks uh, Publishing House first that's right. bestseller. That's right. That's right. We are going <laughs> to expand the business and come out with books. No better industry. At the moment, no, then no better. As as you've um, you've all read about the thriving publishing industry, right. <laughs> there's tons of money there. Um, I love that. I love that so much. Uh, okay, so Sally, we it is August, mm-hmm. which means especially on the West Coast, a thing that I was not prepared for is that for some reason, school. And you and I both grew up in the Northeast, so we probably have a similar experience of going back to school like after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, school on the West Coast starts like August 15th. Wow. That's and they're like- off the week. They, their last day of school is like the Monday before Memorial Day, whereas Whoa. I went to school up until the end of June. Yeah, same. Like late June. Yeah, you start after Labor Day and you go until mm-hmm. late June. That that uh, That's jarring to me because yes. you're supposed to f- – I. Because I feel like, and maybe this is one of the things we'll talk about, like the feeling, there's such a specific seasonal 
feeling that I associate with back to school. And yes. it's mid-August is not that season. Mid-August is still like high summer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I mean, talk about climate change. It We still don't even get it in September either. It's still like pretty much real feel 88. Very in true. September. Um, and even w- less more so in California where it is going to be hot until the day after Halloween. Um, and it doesn't rain in California, right? Isn't that just not the thing? until? Like, yeah, it does not rain here. Not until like there's like a week where you'll get rain. Last year it happened in between Christmas and New Year's, which was actually very nice. And then the year before it was like a week in March, and that's it. And it's very welcome after a year of absolutely no weather. Totally. And um, yeah, I don't know. So kids, kids go back to school very soon, and and I know this because we live in a neighborhood with a lot of kids and I was talking to my neighbors and I was like, any big plans for the rest of the summer? And they were like, rest of the summer, like they're going back to school next week. And I was like, that's wild because I don't know what to make of that. Right. I want to, I want to fight for these children. I want, (laughs) I want to, I want to, there's so many, there's, you know, talk about being president. I have a lot of plans. I have a lot of plans. Um, but that quote, won't someone think of the children is about sending kids back to school in the middle of August. I think, yeah, exactly. And and a, I think there should be a four day school week. I think no homework. I think, oh, I think extracurricular activities should be free. I have a lot of, a lot of plans. I'm voting um, for you. I'm going to be your campaign manager. I thought you were going to be my VP. So I don't I'm know. Be your VP <laughs> and your campaign manager. <laughs> Perfect. There, there's a that everyone has to work two jobs because this is a capitalist country after all. We're not straying sure. too far from our light. No. Um, mm-hmm. But it made me think about the 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 joy and the the I don't know. I love that feeling of like it's like that new notebook feeling mm-hmm. when you get the list of school supplies that you have to get for the upcoming year. And and also your class list and your ske- and later on in your education, your schedule, and then you'd compare with your friends, like when you had, if you were in the same classes. Mm-hmm. And I realized I kind of miss that feeling. Yeah. I'm getting kind of like nostalgic as you're talking about it. I hadn't really thought about it too deeply, right? but yeah, hearing you talk about it, it's like, it's kind of one of those things that I think about often as I get older, which is that like, no, you know, everyone sort of like knows that like, when you get older, you get nostalgic for things that have happened or whatever, but like you don't really realize how absolutely bizarre it is to experience the passage of time until it's happening to you. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And like, yeah, and, and until every year gets shorter than the last. Totally. And, and like, it is just like a very weird feeling to like, think about that and be like, oh man, yeah. Like, that was such a nice thing because when you're in it, you're like, oh God, like summer's over. I got to go back to school. Right. I mean, of course, it's exciting to like buy the it's new things for and like see what classes minutes, you have. But that, right, it's, it's like you're over it. <laughs> it's overshadowed by the fact that you have to go back to school. But yeah, no, right. I'm, I'm feeling totally uh, nostalgic right now. Yeah, I really loved that. I really got so excited. They're like, if we're talking about core memories, you know, that week in August, at least for us, it was the week in August where your class schedule would come or your, or you'd find out who your teacher was going to be and who was in your class and the school supplies you needed to, that was the most exciting. First of all, like nothing more exciting than getting mail addressed to you when you're under 13. 
or even really at any age as long as it's not like a bill but like when you're when you're that age when you're young no mail is coming for you so when it's and if if it's if mail is coming for you it's it's good mail you're never there's never like a chance that someone's trying to make you pay totally for something you i don't know so i really loved that and i really remember just the absolute uh excitement and um sort of feeling of possibility uh just imagining who i was going to be that year um what life would bring as i walked through the aisles of a staples or an office max fulfilling it just was like a shopping spree for me and i do you know i i and i loved that and you you can and you can make your own choices you know you have guidelines you have parameters but you're picking the colors of your folders and your binders and like the type of i don't know it was so it was exhilarating for me and i realized that i think at, at heart still i am i am a real sucker for a really good school supply yeah, there's there's nothing like wandering the aisles of a of a Staples and seeing like like I can't even even at BJ's this morning I walked in to get my order and like I saw just some like pens and pencils in yeah. a package, you know, like 50 Ooh. pens and pencils for, and I was like I need those. And the thing is I don't because I I write so rarely, like I write down notes and to do's and stuff like that, but like, it's not like it used to be where you were writing all the time. Right. But so I don't need them, but there, I do have this association with seeing school supplies, uh, notebooks, pens, like erasers, any of that stuff, even just like walking around to staples is Mm. like, I feel like I'm in my place of spiritual belonging, just like wandering those aisles, you know, white out glue sticks. You know, rubber various cement. chair. Ugh, I mean, look, I was sniffing rubber cement. Well documented that you've been you've been huffing. Yeah, that stuff I mean, for a we while. all know. I, I've I have. There is not one person on this earth that doesn't know that I was sniffing glue back in fourth grade. But yeah, and also that that um, I wonder if there's. I mean, I imagine I I I do wonder, but I feel like I know the answer, which is that it's just not the same for kids today because. I'm sure a lot of stuff is purchased either online or on Amazon, which is fine and convenient or whatever. But there, but it was almost there was something about growing up in a time where there was a school supply store and there was a time of year where you visited the school supply store. And at any other time, you were not in the vicinity of school supplies like Amazon is there and therefore everything is always there available to you. But I only went to Staples like twice a year, you yeah, know, totally. like once right, in right, August right. and like once when I lost something or like if I wanted to like change up my binder aesthetic. Um, so I want to ask you, Sally, do you have a what kind of supply school supply head were you as a kid? What was sort of the the it product what was the the um most desirable supply you know is there something that you really wanted that your parents were like that is not on the list that's superfluous we're not buying it 
Um, tell me about your journey, your Staples journey as a child. So I think that I sort of feel like we didn't even go to Staples. I think we just went to like CVS. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, a well stocked CVS is like, is kind of like a mini Staples. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, and the trick was you you can't really wait until things really pop off because the the the, the, mm. the thing about CVS is that like the shelves will be stripped bare. There will be like one like mead folder like swinging from like a yes a rack because yes. it's just been it's been totally pillaged. But um, whereas at Staples, I feel like somehow it's like endless. Like you you could take every binder off the shelf and like they would all reappear on the shelf like as soon that, as you were done. That's right. Um, so my thing was Trapper Keepers, uh, just like totally obsessed with like the designs. And, and in fact, like it was always, it's like you said, like you're always trying to decide like, how am I going to style myself? What is my personality going to be? And Mm -hmm. in the eighties and nineties, they had all these cool, like, I think actually they would be really fashionable now because they had like kind of vaporwave. Yeah, mm-hmm, type sure. designs like a lot of neon, a lot of like pink, blue, and purple sunsets, a lot of like squigglies and triangles. Um, and I loved that aesthetic then, and I love it like now. very Saved by the Bell sort of like exactly. Memphis design, like hundred percent. Okay, cool. Totally that. Ooh. Um, the you know the one downside of Trapper Keepers is that you only buy one. Like you know what I mean? Like because yeah. I would be like, well, there this one. Like this one is kind of a statement trapper keeper because it has this cool like like uh picture of like palm trees mm-hmm. and a huge sun that's setting mm-hmm. and it's like pink and purple. But then that maybe I just cool. want like a solid color, you know, like for, a neutral. Like yeah, a neutral because like am I really bringing like some intense like vapor wave illustration <laughs> on a Monday? That feels like a lot for a Monday. Like maybe I just want a solid right. color. Maybe this is a Friday trapper keeper. But it wasn't like that. You get one trapper keeper. And then Yes. The great thing about the Trapper Keeper too is that then you would choose the folders that went inside it. Yes. Um, and so that was like and another fun time. they already had the three-hole punch. They right? already had the three-hole. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like that was like a huge thing for me. And I've seen Trapper Keepers at Target this year and been like, oh my God, I need to get one. But the thing is I don't really have a need for a Trapper Keeper, but like – is that beside the point? Like what if – like so right now what I'm showing you, Caroline, I'm holding up. I have two planners Yep. and yep. this. And uh, these notebooks, I just showed Caroline three different size notebooks and they all serve different purposes. Yes. And they all just sit out on my desk. Like do I need a trapper keeper to like somehow keep my notebooks? Which by the way, that's not really what a trapper keeper is intended for. <laughs> but but could I make that yeah. happen? Should I make that happen just so I can buy one? I mean, possibly. Well- what would the would there be a huge sort of learning curve to purchasing a trapper keeper and a bunch of loose leaf paper and creating a notebook? Oh, that's such a good idea. I, I feel mean, I like think, I, I don't would, know that it would keep much, but it it would be a place for paper. That's true. I mean, I feel like it would introduce an element of chaos to my like very Your system mm-hmm. meticulously curated system because I feel like I just like mere moments ago landed on a notebook system that works for me. And I feel like if I introduce a trapper keeper, it just, um, I, the center will not hold like it. it I understand. You know what I'm saying? But, um, that's a lot of change. It's a lot of change. It's a lot of change. What about, I'm trying to think of use, use cases for a trapper keeper for you. Like, okay. 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 You guys own your home. Like, Mm -hmm. aren't there like home 
pieces of paper that you need to access. You could keep, you could have a section for like manuals for appliances if you still have them or if you buy another appliance at any point. You could keep us have a section for like, you know, emergency things. You could tuck your oh passport in so there. Good. It can be like Wait, your this safe. Is really good. Sort of no, this situation. is so good. Yeah, we do. We have a thing for manuals. We, but we could use it for that. We could also every time we go away, I leave a bunch of information about how to take care of the cats. Even though yeah. the, the information is just like, please feed them. Um, right. <laughs> but like, I know be, because um, something is deeply miscalibrated in me. I <laughs> leave really extensive instructions. Don't forget and the plants too. There's and that's... the plants. Right. So maybe I could do a trapper keeper. That could be kind of like the the house uh, binder of like all the house yeah. and cat information. I like the way you think. I like well anything to buy a school supply. I can justify a purchase within an inch of its life, and I think That's I what just it's did about. that. But I also am thinking about it for myself too, because while we don't own a house, we do rent one, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that we want to have handy. Like there are manuals for things. There are, um, you know, if I was smart and if I just took like five minutes of time, I would love to just have a piece of paper that what that had the information of like the brand and wattage of light bulb that oh, that's we so but, smart. Cause how many times do you're like, Oh, I'm going to go replace this light bulb. And then you get the completely wrong light bulb. And I'm too lazy to be like, Oh, I'll go exchange it for the right one. So I always just have like a rogue random light bulb that's giving off a completely different wattage of light than all the other bulbs. And I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. But if just for a minute to be able to be like, oh, what light bulbs are in the living room? Oh, I wrote it down and it's in my trapper oh, keeper. That's like a way I that's a, a way of living that I aspire to because let me Same. tell you. But I think maybe well, the answer is if you buy a trapper keeper, that's you keep who all that you will there. be. You're yeah. so right. I yeah, I think that's right. I just want to quickly say that when you buy your light bulbs from BJ's and you're too lazy to exchange them, you end up with a home that is lit like a grocery store, which happened to me. I bought, like I accidentally bought the coldest white light that you could. And I bought in bulk. So we had like, like interrogation room. It was just terrible. (laughs) We looked so bad for like months. Like that light isn't doing anyone any favors, but yeah, no, I love this idea. I love the idea of a trapper keeper with like all the house stuff. There's also like, what kind of batteries do things take? What kind of our, our refrigerator, as I've bragged about before, it can make water and ice. And so you need to wow. buy the water filter thing. I like yep. to slip that in every episode. So it's like, yes. which one of those do I order? <laughs> There's just like a lot of those things. There's, you know what the other one is too, is mm. twice a year, our hot water heater, the like outlet, uh, like gets reset and the hot water yep. heater turns off. Yep. And I, and I, the hot water like stops coming out. And then I, I don't know what to do. And I have to go back to this text thread with my neighbor who's a plumber where he explained what it is that I have to do. I could put and that in there. You could put it in there. Yeah. Like important phone numbers. Uh, I actually think this is probably like the way people actually do live rather than I just shove everything into a, the drunk, the junk drawer, the drunk drawer. <laughs> I like drunk drawer. That drunk drawer. I mean, it, truly. I mean, that's where everything is. Right. And then, but also it, it seems like a, a no-brainer way to organize while also being able to justify a purchase that you 
are like, this is something I really want. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think also this is a way that some people do live. And I also think it's the way that like our parents lived because yes, you, I feel like nowadays we're in the habit of like, we store it in our phone or we look it up when we need it. And otherwise we don't really have like a system of, of saving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of times I'm like, what am I going to do? Write down a note and save it. That's going to take so long. Instead, I'm just going to every single time I need to know this piece of information, do the same Google, thing I've done 50 right. more times and like take 10 minutes to like <laughs> Google it and figure it out, which is a ridiculous system, but somehow feels efficient. Mm-hmm. So I, this is sort of like going back to, did you ever have those like, did you go to like Sturbridge Village ever or like I know, uh, do you know what I'm talking about. I do, but I didn't. Not as a not as a kid. Like as a young adult, yes. I mean, they're incredibly problematic. Now that I'm thinking about this, and probably not like an amazing place to experience in the very uncomplicated way I did as a kid. But basically, you go to a place where it's like people are like living this like old timey existence, and I feel like this is another way of doing that. It's like get a trapper keeper, write things down. It'll be just like visiting like a historical uh, (laughs) you know, place where people are are play acting the way people lived in history. I think it it makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, there's also like we don't have a safe or anything. And and sometimes that like really freaks me out because every once in a while, and it's usually around this time of year, it's like fire season and you start getting all these reminders that are like, you should have a go bag, which we do. But it's like all of your documents should be like in this. Like if there was a fire, I am not. If there was a fire tomorrow, I am not ready. Uh, Caroline, you got to get a safe. We have I a know, safe. I know. I need to get a safe. Do you want to hear the most wild story ever? It will leave you shaking. This is arguably worse than the fact that I sniffed rubber cement for most of my childhood. So I, before we moved to California, I sold a bunch of stuff on like Poshmark, like a bunch of like clothes and accessories and things that I was like not going to move with me, but that I were like, didn't want to just like throw to Goodwill because most of that stuff ends up in the landfill. So I had some time and I was like, okay, I'm just going to like put this stuff stuff up for sale. I sold a wallet and I put the the wallet in the mail and send it to the person. I didn't look inside the wallet. <laughs> and oh I sent her oh my, my social oh my security card. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. I got the most frantic text from this woman, like in within the Poshmark app, which is like just the UX of it all is not really meant to be. Like, it's chatting. really bad. It's right? really bad. It's, it's so bad. They okay, want yeah. to actually limit. I think they. I think they honestly. It's it's by design to limit your communication with people because they want to keep all transactions like through their system. I see. And they don't want to have a lot of scamming. So if you're messaging back and forth, there's, there's a a lot of opportunity for someone to really take advantage of someone who doesn't know better and be like, Oh, just, you know, my, Oh, like the money won't load here. So just like, send me your bank account. Exactly. Yeah. There's a scam to be had anywhere. And I'm like, I didn't even know that it was in that wallet, clearly. And uh, I get this very frantic um, message that's like, uh, I have your social security card. That's a bit, You sent like a my first identity theft yes. kit, basically, to someone. I really did. I have the card back in my possession. I'm actually looking at it right now because I know exactly where it is. Oh, I God. do need a safe. But I also think that in this Trapper Keeper, you could put, you know, an envelope that has like... in cash. And that way you always have 
$500. I don't know. I think it's a fun thing for you and Andrea to like have a Sunday, you know, order some like fun takeout, maybe have a little weed gummy and commit like sure. six hours to sort of like finding all this information, printing it out, putting it in the trapper keeper. I don't know. There would be something very satisfying. Give yourself some homework. I- it sounds I'm fun. totally convinced. I mean, I'm absolutely doing this. We're going to be away for the month of October and we have a couple of people coming to stay in the house and like take care of the cats and the garden and stuff like that. And that is going to be the pretext for which yes. I get this because I'm going to do all the um, all the information, all the emergency numbers. I love the idea of doing like putting little uh, – you know, like cash in there, like the stuff that you might need. Yeah. I love that. I'm doing it. You know what the other thing is too, lower stakes, but still necessary. There are a couple of recipes that we make all the time. Um, instead of having, and Andrea has them very organized because she's a very organized person, but this would be like, we would pull them out of their usual place and put them in like the quick access trapper keeper. This is the life story. This is all of the moving parts that make a life and they're in this trapper keeper. They're in the trapper keeper. I like the idea of putting the and having little dividers. I mean really it is a wonderful excuse to just go full school supply and you'll have dividers and you can have oh remember those plastic um like like you know like sheet protector things and Mm -hmm. oh you'd you'd put like the syllabus like inside of it so you could always look at it. Or like, I mean, in theory, I guess people would do that. I probably did not. Um, And yeah, so, and then also just phone numbers of your surrounding neighbors, just in Mm -hmm. case uh, like something comes up. Like we also have someone coming to house it um, in a few weeks and I'm, I have to now do the task of just writing the full email, but it's just like Mm -hmm. what you said if I was smart and maybe this will be the push I need to do this is instead of making it email specific to this person, write a manual and then save it as a document and I can insert it as a PDF into an email to whomever because I know myself and had we not had this conversation, I would have written one email that was very specifically to this person. And then the next time this happened, I'd have to write a a whole other email. Whereas I should just have a document. D- Dan, um, in a similar vein, uh, and this actually is, is a great segue for my favorite school supply, but took our label maker and labeled the fuse box a few weeks ago. That is so smart. Our, our fuse box is labeled. The person had such, and I say this as someone who has handwriting that is illegible even to me oftentimes, yeah. such bad handwriting that most of the time we can't tell what we're turning on and turning off. Totally. And let me tell you, let me tell you what never occurred to me. To rewrite just the labels. Rewriting now. it. <laughs> like I'm oh. now like, oh, I could just rewrite it. It's it, a really good call. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, multiple times. And we're talking upwards of a dozen before the, we did the labeling of the fuse box. Our really good system was let's just switch all of the different switches on and off. And one person has to scream from the house to be like, okay, it's working. Um, That's the, that's the system we (laughs) happily employ to this day in our home. There couldn't be another way. Um, Mm -mm, So mm -mm. yeah. And that was, it's just little things like that. Uh, Taking a picture of the light bulb box. Um, Even if you don't like 
put it in a list and put it in the Trapper Keeper just to get into the habit of taking a picture of the light bulb box and then saving it to like your favorites on your phone would already make life a lot easier because no one's like saving a light bulb box. No, 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 no. No, that's a really good idea. But I mean, you know what I do is I sort of get halfway there where I take the picture, but then I don't put it anywhere. And, you know, there's a million photos on my phone. So when I need it, it's like it can't be found. So I'm really good at like doing, getting there like kind of halfway, you know what I mean? Um, like the intention is there, but I'm not very good at like the follow through. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I have lots of plans. I have lots of (laughs) ideas. I don't necessarily produce, but I think. I mean, we we can't be going around like operationalizing all of our ideas all the time. I can't act on every idea I have. Please. Sometimes just having the idea is meaningful enough to me, fulfilling enough to me. That's, you can cross that off your to-do list. Wait, wait, Caroline, I just thought of something I have to tell you that's totally not related. I just want to tell you. I watched the first episode of Desperate Housewives last night. (gasps) Oh, the streaming report, the fuck, Mary kill streaming report. report. Wait, okay. Tell me more. I really liked it. I I was like around Hulu and uh, I think Hulu, right? That's what it's on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, Caroline mentioned this. Let me check this out. And um, because I think that in my mind, until you mentioned, yeah, that's until you that's talked about I it last it. I think time, also I thought it, I it really was thinking it was like the same thing as like Real Housewives. Like, I, I just like, I hadn't separated them in my mind. Yeah, no. You know, so yeah. I watched it and I was like, oh, this is from this episode. This season is from like it started in 2004. It's going to feel really dated. It, besides the fact that the low rise pants are just, criminally low. They're so low. I've low. never seen pants this low in my life. I know, and I watch like, Veronica I can Mars. see your pubis. I can yeah, see. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm just, there are areas <laughs> that I'm just not meant to see. Um, besides that, it's not very dated. Um, I mean, whatever in like large cultural ways, but the ways you expect, but it's not like when you're watching something where something is so dated that it feels like science fiction. It's not like that. Um, yes. and it was like, I don't know. I was into it. Like there's – first of all, there's yeah. a mystery, which you might have told me, but I didn't I – did, Yeah. Every season has like a um, an A plot. Yeah, mystery. which I love, um, mm-hmm. as you know, as a Veronica Mars head. And like mm-hmm. um, Terry Hatcher and Felicity Huffman and that actress who was in um, Melrose Place who played – do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Um, uh, yep. Of course. Marsha Cross. Marsha Cross loved to see her again. Um, and mm-hmm. I was just like – this is fun. It's camp, right? It's, camp. it's full, fully camp. And I'm I'm going to definitely – and it has a narrator, which I'm really into. Like I like that as yes. a thing. I, I'm going to definitely be continuing with that. And it's great because I'm my so partner's going away for two for weeks. You. And and I think that Andre would be maybe into it, but probably not as much as me. So I can watch this mm-hmm. while Andre is away. So I'm very excited. Oh, I'm really happy to hear it. I think – I really thought you would like it. I think it is such a nice – if you like Veronica Mars, it's like totally in that same. And the mystery is like actually very good. Nice. Um, and it's really, you know, they're supposed to live in this sort of any town USA mm-hmm. uh, and where everyone's like really too involved in their neighbor's lives. And it was it was a show that I watched when my college boyfriend broke up with me and I was like so Bastard. depressed that I needed something to get like fully immersed in. And I just began watching that show and really just like loved it. I think you will. I think it's worth it 
check in with me after the end of season three and we'll talk about where you are feelings wise. There's not, there's eight seasons or nine seasons, but you have, it jumps the shark in, in laughably wild ways. Gotcha. Um, Do they introduce like magic or something like that? uh, Honestly worse. There's like a plane crash that like just happens to like crash into their street. And that Uh. it, but also like, but then a hurricane or like a tornado. It's very, it's the, the chances of all of these things happening on this one street in any town USA are so low that you do really have to suspend your disbelief. But I also am very much of the belief system that most shows should only be four seasons max. Yeah. I mean, um, eight or nine, I think things definitely start to go sideways. I think like yes. even the best shows, things start to go downhill around like three. So it, yes, you know, but I, but having said that a lot of times if I get enough into a show, even if it gets kind of bad, I'm kind of still oh, psyched you're about committed. it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how I, I, I saw Desperate Housewives through till the end. Till the bitter end. And but but when I recommend it to people, I'm like, you know, it's the first three seasons that are so, so, so solid. And if you love it, then continue. But if you're like, I could end here and I like wouldn't miss it. I'm like, great. You've seen all you have to see. I'm so excited. Sorry for completely interrupting. And I'm so glad it occurred to me and I didn't want to forget to tell you. I love that. Another quick um, uh, streaming report update. And we won't spend too much time on this, but I just want to point out that we have some sort of clairvoyant um, capability because mm. one my reason for marrying Hulu was that the Real Housewives in all of their seasons have been available for years and years and years and years. And three days after we recorded that episode, I went back to watch an old season of Orange County to have it on while I was cleaning my house and it wasn't available anymore. I think they're moving all of the housewives franchise over to Peacock because it's NBC owned. Oh, right. But like the timing of that was weird. Suspect. Yeah. Also, so that, so that was the one Hulu was the streaming service you said you'd kill and Mm -hmm. you kind of did. And then (laughs) I did, I said, and you did. And then I said, I would kill HBO max. And then they did. And you did. You did Caroline. But I know I'll take credit for that one. You killed Hulu. I killed HBO Max. Two days later, after we recorded that episode, they were like, "Oh, we're not doing this anymore." We're and so I like, powerful. Well, I, didn't, I didn't mean it. I, you know, I am not trying to yuck someone's yum. I'm not watching. It's like they heard me and they were like, "Well, you know what? Everyone go home." Caroline Moss isn't happy. We don't have jobs anymore. Maybe <laughs> it was because they needed scapegoats. Maybe we we're gonna become the scapegoats for because people are really mad about uh the HBO thing. Of course, I mean, people are losing their jobs. So of course. Right. And, but also like, I have to be honest and tell you, I don't know. Do we know what's going to happen to a lot of the programming? No, I don't. And I I also uh, think from what I know about like all of these sort of networks that do merging and then, and then these like multi- sort of network deals or where like it's all on one service, but this show is owned by this production house and this shows it takes a very long time to parse. So I don't know exactly like how fast this is going to go. I just imagine that sometime soon we will log in and there will be not a ton. Yeah. 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 Totally. That'll be a, that'll Um, be a difficult day. 
But I'm I feel bad. It's sorry everyone bad. about about what sorry. we've killed. <laughs> sorry about we that. We thought we were just doing um, like a fun game on a podcast. We didn't realize yeah, that we were changing the course are- of historical events. <clears throat> I knew that the C suite team at HBO Max listened to G Thanks Just Bought It. I just didn't know that they took everything we said to heart. Right. I mean have to- we've known that they're hardcore listeners. Right. Because they, right. they talk Frank they tweet HBO. about it all the time. Frank HBO. Frank HBO is always and John about Max. And John Max. <laughs> They're always tweeting about you thanks. <laughs> so John we Max knew. especially. It's like get a job. It's like, He's always tweeting. It's like John, come on. That's too many. He's the kind of guy where you try to you go to his timeline to find a recent tweet and you have oh. to go through so many tweets and it's like, John, you're tweeting too much. This is too much. Yeah. It, you know, and don't blame us when HBO Max falls apart. Just look at John Max's Twitter. Just look at his timeline and you'll see what's up. <laughs> and you'll see who's not putting in the legwork. At John Max. Over at, yeah. at, at John Max. <laughs> at the real at John him, Max. At the, <laughs> the at with a with a check mark, so uh-huh. many impersonators, so many fakes Worst. out there. Well, I mean, um, he's such a huge account. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> millions of followers. They make you when you sign up for Twitter now. They make you follow John. Yeah, it's like the auto. You follow at Twitter and at the real John. I, I, I hope people love this bit as much as we do because I'm like crying. I have tears. It's the best. It's some of the best fiction I've ever come up some, with. <laughs> John, the real John Max will, will also be on our presidential team. He will be. Uh, yeah. He will be our, the social media coordinator. He'll be. Yeah, he'll um, do. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, and I, yeah, again, we apologize. Um, but that that is a sort of a somber update to the yeah. streaming report that we were. Sorry about that, everyone. Woo. Um, I, I want to point out two th- – well, I want to tell you two things Sally, yeah, about yeah, my yeah. school supply. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your stuff. Yeah. One is that I just looked – I had a, a Trapper Keeper with three Lisa Frank bunnies on it. Nice. Do, do you know that the Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers are uh, on Etsy for like $200? No way. These are the things that like – so my mom is not a big saver. I don't yeah. know if your parents – are sentimental like we have boxes of like every single thing you've ever owned or touched no not really my parents are like we threw everything in the incinerator (laughs) immediately Uh, immediately (laughs) hand it to us (laughs) and we put it directly into the yeah trash and i'm like who's i'm like you know mom this could have been your like retirement plan that's so true we could have been selling these trapper keepers out of our basement. Wow. But yeah. These are going for a gone. pretty yeah. penny. And, I, and you know, co- like they are going for, you know, someone has to buy them for right, them right, to right. be going true, for true. that kind of money. But they are confidently listed uh, for for between $100 and $200. Yeah. I see one here, um, one Lisa Frank one on Etsy. That's $280. Do you know the thing is whew. like, here's the thing. What to all the kids who are listening to G Thanks, all the middle school kids who are really into this podcast, you should save everything you have. Save everything. And also keep it in pristine condition. Like, because if yes. you have, like, if, if you had kept Caroline, your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and kept it in good condition, you truly would have like a cool 300 bucks right now. So, absolutely. All kids. And they love all kids listening. And this is a very popular kids show. <laughs> All kids listening, 
and all parents listening, actually, that's probably more. And there are right. That's a good point. And there are parents. Please don't throw anything. Buy a bigger house to store, just to store stuff. All this, and you will pay it off later when you sell the trapper keepers on Etsy. Okay, that's good financial sense, and everyone knows it. That's just Um, good. Yeah, I mean that. That's just good financial advice is to keep your trapper. That's how the real John Max made his his fortune. Million. (laughs) That's. I mean, that's how he got into streaming TV. I read his book. Yeah, it's true. I did too. It's really true. Um, They lied to us about Beanie Babies, and someone should have just done a very simple explanation of, hey, if you are all, if you are all collectively as a generation saving these Beanie Babies, buying tag protectors, then there's just no way economically that in 10 years, any of these things will be worth anything because there will be such a high supply of (laughs) mint condition Beanie Babies. That's so true. Whereas like it would have never occurred to me maybe i should keep all of my american girl doll stuff in amazing condition maybe i should save the boxes maybe i should like when i am done playing with it put it back inside the box because uh, everything will be worth something one day to someone who wants it um and the better condition it's in the more you'll be able to make it make sense financially But the idea that every single person we knew was going to make $5 million in 2007 off of the Princess Diana Beanie Baby uh, is um, just not how finances work and i and i don't know how finances work but i can tell you it's not that. but it's not that yeah no it's i mean not that. i think that like if i had had the foresight i have these garbage pail kids that i held on to oh. for like nostalgia reasons oh. but like those yes. are those are also going if they're in really good condition and they're a certain you know they're early enough like in the first series of garbage pail kids like they're going for a good chunk of change. Um, yeah. Because like not an, I don't think as many people like hung on to, because Beanie Babies at the time, people were, it was like kind of a, it was like a whole thing, right? People were collecting them with yes. the intention of them becoming valuable. Every, there were books written about how much they would be worth one day. Oh my God. And it's like, no, they're not. I, You know, I worked at a bookstore in 1999 and we sold Beanie Babies and People, people used to come in and take like five uh, identical Beanie Babies and line them up on the counter and sit there and examine them for like minute differences <laughs> before they would buy them. And I was like, they're identical. Like these things are mass produced. But, mass produced. But if you have the There's eye, I think you can see like the, the – minutia of the flaws. It was, yeah, it was, it was a wild time. And I feel like a lot of people have there been, are there documentaries about this? Like, I feel like I think people there, lost I their think fortune. there is, uh, well, John, John, Ma- the real John Max did lose and then gain again his fortune. Well, he, he learned lost a lot lessons, in Beanie Babies. Yeah, the hard way. And then he, he figured it out because he learned. Yeah. I believe there is either a Beanie Baby book, uh, that came out in the last 10 years or a documentary. Um, it's endlessly interesting to me that that uh, the promise that these things would make us a lot of money was really the selling point of 
buying them. It was almost like this weird, like my first investment Mm -hmm. when you're like nine. It's like cryptocurrency. Um, It's like do this because you'll make money in the future. Right. And it's just like, I, I feel like there's a fine line between smart investing and like a Ponzi scheme. Right. And right. And it's, and the road is paved with beans. Um, and the other thing too, about the beanie babies, I'm thinking about what it must've looked like to watch people inspect five of the same exact beanie baby. And I could be pulling this out of my ass, but I was so committed to, I would tell my mom, mom, don't worry in 2007, like I will have somewhere between 10 million and $25 million. I'll be sure. fine. My mom's like, mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't know about the real John Max. I did. You did. Um, but I would bet real beans mm-hmm. that there was a book, um, a guidebook to the worth of different beanie babies out there that said, you know, this particular beanie baby was produced two different times. And there were, and the ra- the the first run, mm-hmm. the bear had a slightly pinker, like nose. Totally. And the second run, of which there were more, the bear had a redder nose. And if you find a pink nose, you're gonna want to buy that because that's gonna be worth a lot that's of money. That's where the money is. I really think I don't think pe- people are were too. I don't have the faith in humanity that someone of their own volition was like, I am going to look for differences in these five identical Beanie Babies. I think it is more likely that there was a rumor going around that said, if you got like a first run edition of like Coco, the toucan, Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Fam- famously Coco the Toucan, yeah. Fam- famously the real Coco the Toucan. Right, the real Coco, um, yeah. Y- and you get the one with the beak, you know, that's blue. It's really hard to find, but if you get it, that's $700 million. That's where the right money there. is. I- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I remember like when I was a kid, I collected baseball cards and you would, they had these like catalogs that you could look through to see how valuable things were. And you would see occasionally a card that was worth like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it was because like there was this one run of cards where they accidentally like printed it upside down or something like that, you know? And like, those mm-hmm. are the ones that are like those anomalies and stuff like that, or like the- yes the earlier edition before they change a thing. And those are are worth a billion dollars. And it's true that like, if you do that at just the right time, you know, but like the thing is to do that stuff, to really make money in that way, it really has to be kind of your whole life. Like you really have to be like collecting things and constantly paying attention to like how much things are selling for and like selling at the right time. Because I know from my own 
experience collecting dice, Caroline, that like <gasps> these these things – that's a start of another episode. These things wow. get inflated. Value gets inflated because yep. people – start talking about how rare something is. So it gets really inflated. And then like the bottom falls out because people are like, well, now prices have gotten too high or sure, this is rare, but who really cares? I don't want it. And then you, all the money you spent buying this thing, thinking that you're going to sell it for a lot more money, no one wants it anymore. And that money is spent. I guess I'm also describing just like every bad investment ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. You are. But also the, the, uh, could have been a learning opportunity for us and true and and maybe someone did try to teach me and maybe i don't remember that part i'm pretty <laughs> um, sure no one tried to teach me i don't know you know i think i was probably if, if my parents were like you know this doesn't make financial sense for reasons a b and c i was probably like okay hater um <laughs> <laughs> I, don't call me when I have thirty million dollars exactly. from this beanie. Uh, we used, yeah. It well, I, well, you're a Connecticut head. Mm -hmm. So, did you grow up going to Stu Leonard's at all? No, I I'm from a part of Connecticut that um, I mean, Connecticut's small. So yeah, so it's like it's not like it's far, but that wasn't really our jam. And you know, to this that day, was... I've still never been, and I didn't even oh. know it was a thing until I like was an adult. But it is like a thing. Oh. I now understand. Oh, it's a real thing. Uh, my parents never took me to Disney World, but I did get to go to Stu Leonard's like once a week. I mean, what and... it's like a specialty like grocery store or something. Imagine a Wegmans uh, that is geared towards kids. So there's like animatronics and oh shit. Uh, the store is sort of in a maze format. So you kind of have to go with a list. Uh, that sounds amazing. Turn around. It's really fun. Um, they do a lot of their own line of like private label stuff too it's it's like it i think at one point it was less expensive than your average grocery store because i can only imagine it was since my parents shop there that often mm -hmm. but I, i've gone a few times as an adult and i'm like i may or maybe we're spoiled by the trader joe's of it all but sure when i don't know inflation of food is something i'll food pricing is something i'll never forgive um the real John Max for being a part of <laughs> for being a part of that. Uh, <laughs> but it's I, I just think it's amazing. It brings back a lot of childhood memories. It's also one of those. It's like an absolute answer on a BuzzFeed quiz. It's like, you know, you're from. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, like people who know Stu Leonard's like know Stu Leonard's. And then if other people don't know Stu Leonard's, they get like admonished right. immediately by the knowers. Totally. Yeah, Stu heads, Len heads, Leonard Len heads. And also heads. if you spent more than a hundred dollars on your, um, if your receipt totaled more than $100, you got a free soft serve. Like they had the best frozen yogurt oh, and you shit. got like a free. It's just, it's, if, if my parents had said this is Disney World, I pro there probably would have been a good. I could have, you would have believed uh, it. A couple of years where I would have thought that tracks. It Honestly, it <laughs> um, sounds like maybe an adult Disney World. I would totally, I'm now like pretty yeah. into it. You, you should go. There's, I mean, if you're, if you find yourself up in, Connecticut for like a holiday or whatever and you're driving through there's none in New Jersey but there is one in Yonkers like right above Manhattan right above the Bronx rather and then there's one in Norwalk and there's one in Danbury yeah so maybe like b between New York and like go going from Philly to New Haven that's a good stop yeah I have to tell you like 
entertaining things to do. The pandemic has changed what I think of as entertainment. Like <laughs> this guy rode by our house on his bike and his pants were like really low and you could see like half of his butt. And I texted my friend to tell her and she was like, that's live entertainment during the pandemic. And I was like, you're totally yes. right. That's it. Yeah, that is a strip club. That's that it. Yeah. is that is the COVID strip club. Which anytime I see a butt, I'm like <laughs> a butt. I know. So, I mean, it's it's I impossible it. not to have that reaction. But yeah, I mean that it, Stu Leonard sounds like a legit like outing. Just throw on a mask, spend an afternoon at the stew. Right at the stew, like spend a hundred bucks would not be difficult. No. I've seen their prices. Get, the Get soft your serve. ice cream. Make it all worth it. Um, they just have like. There, oh, there's also I well, COVID might have changed this, mm. and actually I hope it did, but the sample situation was also very tight. Oh um, yeah, that that is like a casualty of COVID, I feel sad mm-hmm. about. But I, I was at Whole Foods last weekend and like they had like sample dishes out. You know, they have those platters with like the globe thing on them. And I was like, yes. I don't know, guys. Like, I know that we're like jumping the gun about whether the pandemic's over, but like this feels like a bridge too far for me. I think like putting, you know, hands together into the globe of cheese is something that I just think about more now. I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that. Though if something's on a toothpick, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I I think that like my- Limits, limits. Yeah. I mean, my thing is not necessarily that I think that like it's going to be a massive driver of the pandemic as much as it is like, now that we're all so much more aware of like how easy it is to give our cooties to other people, mm-hmm. it makes me not want to like reach my hand into the globe for a thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But I also think that we are we are biologically and behaviorally trained to bounce back right where we came from. I think that like we will be back to doing gross things really soon. Yeah, just like I don't, grabbing I don't a handful. Necessarily, yeah, right I don't necessarily agree with it, but yeah. I think it, it was the real John Max that said, you know, we are all but human. And that's I have true. that he tattooed on my arm. No, I mean, so I that's my favorite of that. all your tattoos of his quotes. <laughs> <laughs> because he had so many gems, but that one's my favorite. I have all of his tweets tattooed all over my I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> who honestly doesn't? Who doesn't? I love I love that we are now going to bring the Trapper Keeper back into a fully functional adult place of living. Me you too. Know, school supplies, not just for kids. Okay, kids who are all listening to the show. All kids. Not just listening. for you. No. Calling all kids. <laughs> I I definitely thought that um I might be convinced to buy one and just like kind of put it on my shelf and like appreciate it every once in a while. But now I feel like it legit like has a place in my in my adult life. What is the most because I assume that you will buy a old school one. Yeah. I th- um, well, but do you know what they have though, Caroline, is they have like, I'm going to send you this link. Ta- so like Target okay. has this Trapper Keeper for $11, uh, $11 and it, it's a print I remember. Whoops. It's a print I remember from growing up. So it's like not even like, it's not even like I have to go on eBay and buy some old crusty one from someone's basement. 
I just are you there? Sorry. Oh yeah, okay. N- yeah, oh yeah, I am. I'm, I was waiting for. The, I was holding my breath. Sorry, sorry, in- sorry. <laughs> I'm. I, I well, I don't want you to have someone's crusty trapper keeper. I'm just saying, you know, what what's your what's your dollar? Okay, well, I'm looking. What's your dollar limit on? You know, but oh, this is perfect. Right? This has to be like. This has to be a. A retro. I mean, the first one that I sent you, I think I remember that from childhood. Like, or this someone is not has new implant. Right, Absolutely. exactly. But it's like, it's like new. It's like an old design, but a new trapper keeper. So that's a good mm-hmm. one. And then there's an. So these are the. Th- I'm I'm sending you the three I see on the target website. I don't okay. recognize the other two, but the second one is very reminiscent of the ones that. Uh, of like Trapper Keeper designs where it's like the pink and purple, like kind of vaporwave sunset. Oh, I just love if, if I thought I could get, if I could find a Lisa Frank one for a normal price. Oh, that would be amazing. Maybe? I do wonder what the demand is on this. Like you can price something as high as you want, but if no one's buying. That's true. I mean, you could always do like, uh, you could try offering. Here's, here's one on Amazon that I had actually, I had Ooh. this Trapper Keeper growing up. I know I did. All right, let's say. I mean, oh, look at these, Caroline. Yes. These are so like retro. Ooh. This one is like, this one is like cheetah print, uh, neon, also zebra print, right? Also leopard. Also all the animals. Wow. I, I feel like <laughs> Trapper, who makes them? Like mead or something? Mead. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mead knows that, like, the whole appeal of a trapper keeper. Meadheads know that, like, the appeal yeah. is the retro designs because I'm seeing them at also at Walmart and Amazon. It's, I mean, in other words, these aren't like they're not used and they're not like a niche product. It's like you can just get these at like any big retailer. It seems like yes, yes, and and also it's they're just playing into our this this was specifically made for us. A hundred percent. Literally. Like they're playing into our nostalgia of it. And so they're hoping that a parent will be like, this looks like, I mean, can you imagine anything less appealing than your parent turning to you and be like, you should get the binder that looks like the one I had when I was oh, God. It's like the, the first <laughs> quickest way to get your child to like never get that thing. Yeah. Also, yeah, do kids like, even I, need Trapper Keepers now? I feel like they just like no, use I think their iPhones iPads. or something. iPads, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, that's the other thing too. Is like, I, I don't know what even school supplies. Parent heads, people who have have kids, kid heads, kids themselves, come and tell us. Let us Can know. Can you like send us a picture of your child's school supply list? I'm just curious. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. I'd love to do that because I want to know also if they have the um. Remember those very thin like newsprint book catalogs. For like the oh, book yeah. fair. I wonder if they still yeah, do that. Scholastic. Scholastic. I think they do. I think they do another thing they do to play into the parents. Um, oh, gosh. I used to pour over those and like circle everything I wanted. Which I was like know. Really every so book. fun. So nice. Wait, did you tell me what your nostalgic, your uh, school supplies were? I feel like we I'm a label, maker head. I'm label, a label maker, maker head. I'm a label maker head through and through. And no one would buy me one. Dan bought me one for Christmas like six years ago as like a, as like a, as a real so there to my parents. Nice. Never buy me a label. Stick it to them. But a label maker was, I just like was a kid who, it's not surprising given how much time I spent on the internet and um, like online and like have like created an entire like life and career online. Mm -hmm. But I was a real, 
like all I wanted as a kid was like my own laptop. Like mm. in the 90s when laptops were like 40 pounds and like no one had, I was just right. like, this is all I want. So a label maker, because it looked like a computer and had like a keyboard, I was like, maybe this will make me feel like I have a laptop. Yeah, it's kind of like halfway there. And I also, I just like love label. I mean, I have a label maker now. I use it, but but I also, it's once you're done labeling things, it doesn't come up that often. Right, unless you just start labeling all the things in your home. But is it- Right, like door. Door, right, yeah. Do you have, um, is your label maker the kind that like, comes on like the the plastic tape with the raised letters or do you have kind of one of the newer kind of nice looking ones? I have a newer printer printed one nice. where you can like choose the font. Oh, that's It's cool. not like so, so fancy. It's like a brother. I'll put the link in the show notes, oh, but cool. it's like a brother. I think it probably costs like $25. Again, you know, supply and demand. I, I don't know that like it, – it's like you can get a label maker wherever – before it was like there was an aisle at Staples where you would get like you would look at the like uh, cash registers. You know, you could like buy a cash register for your business right. at a place like Staples and label makers were part of that. And I just like wanted one because and I had every every sort of pitch ready to go in case that this was the year my parents were going to give in. I'd be like, if I can label things like I will be so organized, I will be an A plus student never was um you know <laughs> and they never nothing could it, stop huh? me well yeah and i'm like you want to know why i was an a plus student you never bought me a label maker it just makes sense you when should you think about no, it no it does direct cause and it's effect. a plus b equals c yeah and that and right a plus in math for that and <laughs> and i really just like wanted a label maker and so i'm very happy to have one as an adult and i think in similarly to that journey for me which sort of came and went a few years ago, I think this Trapper Keeper journey for you and to anyone out there who is like, oh, I always wanted this kind of school supply, but like my parents never got it for me or whatever. You know, we're all in charge of our own, you know, finances now, Mm -hmm. I hope, except for the kids listening, obviously. All the kids. Um, All the kids. Uh, My, the 50% of listeners who are children. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is something really liberating sometimes about taking your money and like buying something for like the eight-year-old within. Uh, and it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have that sort of disposable cash and that's what you want to do, then like it don't do not discount the gratification. Like it, it's very fun. <laughs> the power of a nostalgia buy. It's a real thing. Yeah. Totally. I mean, look, we've already been down this road, right? We were like, Maybe we'll buy, you know, an old Game Boy. Like when we were watching oh, the right. commercials, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, what totally. toy would I buy? But I think there's actually more of a use case for a uh, thoughtfully purchased office supply. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that like, you know, so much of adulthood is like bookkeeping and managing yes. systems. I, Truly. I, I feel like um, like it's it's a legitimate use case, not just a like, I just want to have this to look at it, which whatever. I mean, that's fine too. I have plenty of things that I buy just to look at. Right, right. And and no problem with that. But it is – there are like ways to use in your everyday life. Totally. A supply. A supply. Totally agree. Um, another thing too that you could put in this binder is like, you know, the years of taxes that like you can't really throw out, but also like what oh, do you do with that? That's true. 
Is that a thing that we learned from our parents because they didn't have digitized taxes? I think that might be the case. I, okay. I, I'm not because clear. Have you seen Have you seen that progressive commercial where they're like, oh, like people are turning into their parents, and there's a there is a um a guy who's probably like around our age. Mm-hmm. That is showing the progressive guy like this is the website that I used to like a printed out picture of a website. Oh, I've it's never like this seen is that. the website where I bought like my insurance, and the progressive guy is like, oh, we don't print the internet. But I'm thinking, yeah, like, I, don't print I have all of my taxes are in PDF form somewhere in my Gmail, not even in a folder on sure. my desktop. Mm-hmm. But like, so why do I have paper copies like shoved in drawers? That's a good point. I mean, I have a whole cabinet of paper records that. Right. I, I don't know why I have them. I think truly it's just like habit because nothing was digitized when we were growing up. Something to think about for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I uh, love this conversation. I really can't wait to do a Trapper Keeper report um, in a few weeks mm-hmm. and see where we're at uh, with with our our trapping and our keeping. Our trapping um, and also our keeping. Our keeping, yeah. And if you guys aren't following the real John Max, <laughs> I don't know why I think this is so funny. It's the best. I mean, it's the best bit. I wonder if... It's the best I bit. I want to see if it, he's a real person. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if, like, it was the real John Max, and, and he does tweet all of the time. Okay. So I am pleased <laughs> to report to you, Caroline, <laughs> that there is someone whose Twitter handle is at the real John Max. Their name <laughs> seems to be Trey Schlichter. They appear <laughs> that makes sense, <laughs> which makes total sense. They appear not to have tweeted since 2017, and they which means are part of. And they are they're an army guy. I am getting a, yep maga vibes here. <laughs> they're an army guy. the The last, not the most recent tweet, or the second most recent tweet, but the third most recent tweet tweet is: traffic is ridiculous in the North Shore right now. And then he tags Chris Pratt. That's a good, t- <laughs> good tweet. <laughs> why um the real John Max? That is a good tweet. Why why did he in 2017 <laughs> tag Chris Pratt in a tweet about the North Shore? Do we think? I don't know, but should we try to get the real John Max, aka Trey Schlichter, on, on the, the pod? Show? I think oh, he, so. he's only tweeted three times total. So that was his first tweet. <laughs> His first tweet was, was complaining about traffic and tagging Chris Pratt. Oh, that's a good use of Twitter. I've seen worse. I've, I've seen, seen worse. worse I've seen. I've done worse. <laughs> I've done. I've. I'm, we're still on Twitter. Wait, I know so it's so embarrassing. That but is you, worse. You use it like in a very good way, like which is to say, well, like not very much. No, you. You shouldn't. You know, good thing you didn't know me five years ago. But <laughs> I've, I, this is a re- This is recent. Um. I I'm obsessed am with Trey, Schl- Trey Schlichter right now. Me too. Trey Schlichter heads. Trey Schlichter hive rise up. Rise up. Do you think it's rise okay up. that we're talking about? I don't want to um, put him on blast. Yeah. He, well, he probably listens. To the He's a listener. Sh- what if he listened to the show? No, he he would probably want more followers. That's true. No one. No one. You know, don't you don't compromise this guy's privacy. You got okay. Be respectful yeah. to the real John Max. And I don't want to hear if I will defend him if I hear any of you are wiling out. I will too. Also, yeah. wait, I just want to see if there's the real John Max without the H in John. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, definitely you're gonna want to find different There isn't. Okay, that is now the new 
G thanks. Please follow account. G thanks. Just bought it at the real John at Max. No H in John. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm definitely <laughs> really good. getting this domain. I think we, I mean, this, I think we have to. <laughs> and then my the new website will be therealjohnmax.com and it'll just take you to G Things Just Bought. I am actually going to spend a good $22 on buying up on that the URL. Real John Max domains. Realjohnmax.biz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we will see you next week. Edu. We will see you next week for another episode. Uh, and if you please send us pictures of your kids' school supply list. Tell us what school supplies you... Uh, would die for um the fuck mary kill of school supplies oh yeah that's a good one uh and yeah we we if you're buying a trapper keeper let us know and please no one spend two hundred dollars on the lisa frank trapper keeper because i think collectively we can drive that price down no one ruined that for us that's a um, good idea actually if enough right? people like message a strike. seller yeah like totally, newsies. totally. <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys talk to you soon see you next week bye you just listened to another episode of G Thanks Just Bought It, edited and mixed by Veronica Gruba and produced and hosted by me, Caroline Moss. In between episodes, you can always head to the G Thanks Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod and the G Thanks Facebook group to get and give life-changing recommendations of your own. Subscribe to our weekly sale and discount emails at gthanks.substack.com. It's free. And you can reach me at caroline at gthanksjustboughtit.com or leave me a message at 424 0736 with a product recommendation and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. G Thanks is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our G Thanks content free and accessible to all, consider making a monthly donation of $2 to keep us going at patreon.com slash G Thanks and friends. <laughs>